It appears TCU has zeroed in on a new offensive coordinator, and not everyone is on board. We'll talk about it next on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs. You can subscribe on YouTube, also wherever you get your favorite podcast. Uh, happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day to you. I hope you're enjoying a three day weekend as we celebrate and honor one of the greatest men in our nation's history. Um, whenever you're listening to this or wherever you are, I appreciate you. So TCU is zeroing in on a new offense coordinator reportedly came out Saturday night that um, Kendall Bryles is the leading candidate. Kendall Bryles, currently the OC at Arkansas. Jamie Plunkett reported this from Frogs Today. Jeremy Clark at Horn Frog Blitz is reporting similar things. If you want to know more about where kind of the, they are in the process and where they stand according to their reporting, I encourage you to go to those websites. Again, that's Horn Frog Blitz for Jeremy Clark and Frogs Today for Jamie Plunkett. Out of respect for their work, I won't share a lot more than that, but it's pretty out there in public that Kendall Bryles seems to be the leader in the clubhouse. Some other names that have been mentioned are Seth Luttrell, um, former North Texas head coach, Graham Harrell, currently the offense coordinator at Purdue, spent time at West Virginia last year, has been at USC in the past. Fair warning to everyone out there. So we're going to talk about Kendall Bryles. We're going to talk about his association with the Baylor staff, with his father, Art Bryles, you know, the, the scandal that rocked that program. So uh, more mature subjects than we typically discuss on Locked on Horn Frogs. I don't know if you're driving around with kids. I just want to give you a fair warning, a heads up before we got going here in case you wanted to decide to listen to this in a different setting um, at another time. But that's where we stand, right? And so there's been a lot of reaction. There have been people that have come out and said they don't want to support the program. They don't want to be associated with the program if Kendall Bryles is a part of it. Um, and for background, I mean, his father is Art Bryles, right? So that name obviously brings a ton of um, baggage with it. He was on that Baylor staff uh, during the the scandal of, you know, alleged sexual assaults by football players that did not, uh, that were not reported correctly or that, you know, got pushed aside. Um, now, where do I stand on this? I mean, the short version is I'm not a fan. Um, I think it's at, at least, you know, at the very least, it's just unnecessary bad PR. Um, but my issue with it is this. You know, Kendall Bryles, so the interesting thing about all this is the Pepper Hamilton report came out, which Pepper Hamilton was the independent law firm that Baylor used to investigate didn't name anyone individually like it, it just it spoke failed miserably they didn't understand what they were supposed to do they didn't report these allegations correctly they intimidated witnesses they intimidated potential victims um they you know created their own internal discipline within the football program 
to and basically they tried to handle it in house and they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't understand what they were doing. And they ended up creating this very toxic and hostile environment um, that led to, you know, more hurt and more pain for all these victims. And so yeah, I've seen a lot this weekend, like, well, Kendall Browse was not really named individually in any sort of allegation, which is true. I mean, he was, I guess, you know, he was on the football staff that was named in kind of a broad picture, like they failed at this. Um, the only allegation, the individual allegations came in other lawsuits. They weren't part of the Pepper Hamilton report. They came in other lawsuits that were either against the university or against individuals. And so the kind of one individual instance where you see Kendall named directly is in a lawsuit. You know, he's alleged to have been talking to a recruit and saying, Hey, do you like white women or do you like white girls? We have a lot of those here at Baylor and they love football players, which obviously is highly inappropriate and kind of speaks to, you know, the culture that was going on there at the time. My issue with, you know, my, my other issue with Kendall is, and really all these guys on the coaching staff is just the fact that like, I believe in second chances. I believe in forgiveness. I'm a person of faith, right? Like I, I realize that I am someone who's done a lot of bad things in my life and needs forgiveness, needs a savior. Um, that's where my personal faith journey stands. But at the same time, publicly, there's really never been any remorse. There's never been an apology. You know, I mean, I remember Art doing an interview with Tom Rinaldi, Art Browse doing an interview with Tom Rinaldi on game day where he sort of vaguely apologized for what happened. But for other members of the coaching staff, there really hasn't been any transparency of, hey, this is what happened. This is what we learned. This is where we stand. And I was working in Waco at a radio station. Uh, the first year I got hired on full time was 2016, which was a Jim Grobe season. And so, you know, Jim Grobe was there. The rest of that staff was there. They were still there. Art had been fired, but pretty much all the other assistants were still coaching, including Kendall Bryles. And I mean, Kendall wrote CAB on his hands for Coach Art Bryles. There was the infamous TCU game where they sold T-shirts outside the stadium that said CAB, and the coaching staff and the players allegedly wore black in protest of the firing of Art. And so publicly, their position has just kind of always been, this was a university failure. We weren't properly trained on what to do. And... And this is what they're saying, not what I'm saying. And so the coaching staff kind of became the scapegoat for a university problem. And yeah, I mean, there's no doubt like this was a failure on all levels. But to not take the basic accountability of just saying, hey, we were in charge here when this happened. Like, let's look in the mirror and think about what we could have done better or what, you know, what did we learn from this experience? Now that's, I mean, that's publicly, right? Like I don't, I don't know privately what Kendall Browse journey has been. I'm not sure 
what his perspective on it is now, what he thinks about it, looking back on it, if he's, you know, expressed remorse or expressed um, a change of heart about what actually happened there. But it's just always, you know, left me uneasy or made me uneasy when these coaches come up in other jobs or other situations that that hasn't happened. There hasn't been any sort of apology. Do, do they owe the public that? Not necessarily. I mean, I guess those private conversations that happen with the people that are interviewing them, those are private conversations, right? And so, yeah, Kendall has been at Florida Atlantic. He's been at Florida State. He's now been at Arkansas. And I'm sure there have been lots of discussions about his time at Baylor and lots of questions, and he's answered those. Um, and I would assume TCU is going to do the same thing. It just seems like such an unnecessary public relations issue at the very least. And, you know, like, again, I'm going to keep covering the team. I'm going to keep doing this podcast, all those things. I just, my question for Sonny is like, can you find somebody without this baggage? Like, can you find a coach that can do a good job without this, you know, this in his past. It, it doesn't seem like a hard thing to do. Like that doesn't seem like a, a really difficult bar to clear. Um, is Kendall Bryles really the best candidate out there given what's kind of gone on seven, eight years ago? And so I, there's been a lot of like, there's been a, a lot of back and forth within the fan base this week. And there are people that just think, well, you just got to trust Sonny Dykes. And I mean, Sonny's done a fantastic job since he's gotten here and he's done a great job of hiring coaches. Um, that doesn't mean I can't question why he's going this route or why he's going this way or say, Hey, I don't think this is the best thing to do, which I don't, um, you know, Sonny's not above criticism. Now, yeah, he's got more information than I do about Kendall's past. So does Jeremiah Donati. So do the people, all the people that are making this decision. They have a lot more information than me. But I'm also not just going to blindly trust them on this and not wonder, like, could you just go get a competent offensive coordinator who doesn't have these types of issues in their past? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess my, my biggest issue and the thing that, it, that I struggle to get past is, you know, I, I also remember that season in 2016. Baylor was 6-0, and and they were going to go play Texas. And that week, a Board of Regents member for Baylor uh, did an interview with Wall Street Journal in which he alleged, like, hey, yeah, Art knew about specific allegations and did not report them to the right people. And Kendall Bryles sent out a tweet that was, you know, signed off on by other members of that coaching staff, basically in protest of that. And I mean, I'll tell you guys candidly, I think that coaching staff quit on that team after that. Like they finished the season six and six. And I think out of protest, the the coaching staff just quit on that football team. And they just said, no, we're not, we're not going to give our best anymore um, because of 
the things that have been said about Art Bryles and us publicly over the last few months. And so that always bothered me. Um, and yeah, obviously the question here is, Kaz Kazadi is also on this coaching staff. You know, Kaz Kazadi was named individually in a lawsuit where he did not report, allegedly he did not report an allegation correctly. Um, and so why didn't you talk about that? And I mean, I, I talked about that hire when it happened um, in a locked on Big 12 roundtable and said I wasn't on board with it. But I mean, I also realized he came over from that SMU coaching staff and Sonny had a history with him, you know, obviously knew who he was, knew how he worked. And so if that's hypocritical of me, then, you know, it, I'll, I'll call that on myself. It is, but I think it's just different that he's going out and getting somebody from that Baylor staff instead of, you know, the situation with Kaz where he brought him over from SMU and had some familiarity with him. Um, and if I'm dead wrong about that, then obviously that's – then I am and that's on me. And, you know, I talked about – like I talked about Kaz and his ability as a strength coach during the season, and I talked about him doing a good job and the fact that the team seemed to really benefit from what he was doing from a strength and conditioning standpoint. And – I mean, if Kendall gets the job, then we'll discuss what he does on the field. I mean, I'm not going to completely ignore, you know, his influence on the on the team. Obviously, you can't really. I just think, I just think they should go a different direction, um, and I feel like this is a risk that's not worth taking. But that's where I stand on it. Um, I know a lot of you have different perspectives, and that's fine. I just don't think it's worth the risk. I don't think it's a great message sent by TCU. But, you know, it appears like it appears that's the way it's going. So from a news standpoint, that's kind of where we are. And I, I was going to talk about sort of what he's done on the field at Arkansas and some of those things, but I'm already 15 minutes into this podcast. So um, maybe we'll do that tomorrow. That's where we are, though, with the Kendall Bryles situation. He is – the um, leading candidate to be the offense coordinator. I wish they would go a different direction. I'm not a fan of the hire if they make it, but um, that's that's where they're at. And again, I understand that the people making these decisions have more information than me. I just feel uneasy about it, and um, it's kind of surprised by the news, but. That seems to be the direction they're going. Okay, uh, when we come back, we'll talk some more football, some guys that are staying, some guys that could be potentially leaving. Before we do that, though, seamless transition. There's going to be no seamless transitions today. Uh, let's talk about LinkedIn, LinkedIn jobs. Um, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. If you're looking for talent, if you're looking for people to hire, you can post your job on LinkedIn. Um, everybody, everybody knows LinkedIn, right? Like everybody knows the site. They know what it is. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Again, that's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. They have screening questions um, where you can narrow down the pool of people that you interview or talk to. But the great thing about LinkedIn is, as I said earlier, that brand name, that recognition, everybody knows LinkedIn. They go there to find work. So it's the best place to post your job for free. 
at linkedin.com slash locked on college. So also today, as we're sitting here, this is the deadline to declare for the NFL draft. So guys that still have eligibility left, um, they need to declare for the NFL draft if they're going to make that move. Um, some notable players that are coming back. Uh, Jared Wiley, tied in for TCU. He announced that he will be back next season, which I think this is big. Jared was great for the Frogs this season. They used him more as a like a blocking tight end, um, but with his size, you know, at six seven, I just I would love to see him get more involved with the offense. I know they're also bringing in Jack Besh from LSU, who is kind of like a tight end slot hybrid type guy. And so I wonder with Chandler Morris in the fold, if they throw the ball over the middle of the field more. We'll see what happens. But I think Jared Wiley is a weapon that they can use. And um, I'll be excited to see kind of how and in what way they try to uh, use his size and his talent. Josh Newton in the corner, Mark Perry the safety. Also coming back next year. So that's exciting. Um, Newton was fantastic coming over from uh, Louisiana. He was great last year. He'll be, I assume, the number one corner. Um, you know, they added some guys in the portal with Channing Canada um, and Mason White who can come in. Year that will not be back on the roster next year. But Newton coming back and Perry coming back is significant. I know Mark Perry took some heat last season, but I think his ability to, you know, come up in the box and support the run with his size is just really significant in this 3-3-5 defense. So both those guys coming back. One thing to watch, so Kendra Miller, all the reports are that he's going to leave for the NFL. I would be pretty shocked if he came back. But he's been on Instagram over the weekend, like doing some live broadcast. And he hinted at maybe coming back next year. So we'll find out today. Again, I would be shocked. Uh, Quentin Johnson also hasn't officially declared, but I mean, I'm more than, I'm almost positive he's on his way out. He's going to be a first round pick. I can't imagine any scenario where he comes back. But yeah, Miller's a guy to watch. I don't know if he's just like goofing around, having some fun but he is at least publicly said like, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe I'll come back. So he's giving, he's given some indication that that's a possibility. And so it's just something to watch uh, today as today is the, the deadline to declare um, for the NBA draft or the NFL draft. Excuse me. When we come back, we will talk about TCU basketball. Um, they get a win over Kansas state over the weekend which is exciting, getting back on track. So we'll do that next. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Bet Online. Uh, you know, if you've wondered, how can I turn this hobby of mine, the sports hobby of mine? I love sports. How can I turn that into, you know, a way to make some serious cash? Well, Bet Online's a great way to do it. Super, super Wild Card Weekend wraps up tonight. Cowboys, Bucks. Maybe you want to wager on that game. Um, you know, NFL playoffs will be here the next few weekends. 
Also, NBA in full swing, Major League Baseball coming up soon. Bet online, they're also just a great place to go to get information about sports. They have injury reports, they have podcasts, they have the latest news. So you can go there today, you can figure it out, you can find a way to start making some cold hard cash. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Try it out today. Uh, all right, finally, here on Locked On Horn Frogs, TCU basketball. They get a victory over Kansas State, 82 to 68 over the weekend. They're now 14 and 3 on the year and 3 and 2 in Big 12 play. Um, I think Emmanuel Miller led the way in points. Yeah, he did. He had 23 points on the day. Eddie Lampkin with a big game, 17 points on the night. Mike Miles, um, more of a distributor. He had 13 points, but 11 assists. And I wouldn't have guessed this, but uh, Saturday was his first ever career double-double. So a really complete game for him, kind of using his ability to get up and down the floor and that attention he draws from the defense to get other players involved. Um, But the thing that stood out the most to me about this TC basketball game Saturday was the defense. They played great defense all game long, really in the first half, especially creating a lot of turnovers. and. One of the first times this year we've seen a complete game from this team, you know, that had the really tough loss to Texas where they were up 18 in the first half, allowed the Horns to come back and win that one. Um, that was that was pretty brutal. But, you know, it, it was nice to see them have a lead, hold on to that lead. Things got a little dicey late in the game. They let K-State cut it to 12 at one point, but never really felt like they were out of control. Um, one thing about this team, and, and we've talked about it before, they get up and down the floor so much and they do it so well that I think they get into trouble when they try to slow it down and play in the half court. And understandably, Jamie Dixon likes to do that later in these games when he has a lead, but it's just this tricky balance of like what they do well is run the floor, get out in transition, play at a fast pace. So how do you balance that? with trying to hold on to a lead. It's just a really difficult thing to do. So I'm not exactly sure what the answer is there, but hopefully it's something that they can kind of figure out and get in a better rhythm as the year goes on. They have to find a way to be more efficient and better, you know, late in games when things slow down in the half court. Overall, really good game. You know, A. Lampkin was fantastic, brought a lot of energy in that first half was getting up and down the floor and easy buckets he can be a weapon when he's fully engaged and I think the guys were looking for him on the offensive end more and that helped just kind of feed his energy on both ends of the floor which was really encouraging for this basketball team so on Wednesday they take on West Virginia should be a fun one that's on the road and uh, then at Kansas so got to keep piling up wins Big 12 is brutal it's a buzzsaw they've already dropped a few games they probably shouldn't have based on, you know, how those games were going. So really important they found a way to win on the road in Morgantown. West Virginia has not won a Big 12 game yet. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll keep, you know, tabs on this Kendall Bryle story. We'll obviously have more on football and basketball as it develops. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's